0: The Prumiron podcast is brought to you today by our friends at Java Remix. Java Remix is the perfect blend of 100% organic Arabica coffee infused with nano emulsified CBD. Cannabidiol, or CBD, is fast gaining a reputation as a remedy to treat everything from anxiety to depression, inflammation to acne. And now it's available in your morning cup of Java. Go to javaremix.com right now and browse through their available products. Java Remix offers traditional ground coffee, as well as single-serve K-cups in both regular and decaf. And if you aren't a coffee person, Java Remix also offers CBD-infused teas, bath bombs, and body scrubs. And for our Prove Me Wrong listeners, go online right now, that's javaremix.com, and enter the promo code Wrong" for a 20% discount off your entire shopping experience. And Java Remix also offers free shipping on all orders over $40. Once again, that's javaremix.com. Promo code Me WRONG. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Prove Me Wrong podcast. I'm your host, Pete Lieb. I'm glad you're all on board with me today. I think I have what is a very thought-provoking show lined up today. And let me start by asking, what is the nature of our reality, and how reliable are our memories? Can we actually trust our own recollections of past events, maintain any factual accuracy, or is our individual and collective memory more like a spiderweb, with the truth maybe somewhere in the center, which then becomes filtered through a million eyes and told a million ways, retold, each retelling, branching off slightly, connecting somewhere else, you get the idea, potentially moving farther and farther away from the center point until what the eventual written history is probably shouldn't be believed. We're going to discuss something today called the Mandela Effect and find out if the Mandela Effect is actually a phenomenon or just the result of false memories. How does the validity of our memories factor into our reality? Can we rely on what seems real and solid? Is anything real, truly? To discuss these topics some more today, my guest is going to be author and researcher Rob Shelsky. Rob is a prolific author of books ranging from cryptids to UFOs to the hollow moon, time travel, you, you name it. There's, there's something from Rob on Amazon. In his book, Shattered Reality, The Mandela Effect, We'll try to provide some of the answers today to the topics that I'm talking about. Hopefully provide me some evidence for the idea that the Mandela Effect is a real happening and what are the possible causes, and can we get to the point where we can rely on our memories, or is someone interfering with our timeline? So again, you can find Rob on his website, robshelsky.blogspot.com, or you can find any one of his books on Amazon. Welcome, Rob, to the Prove Me Wrong podcast.
1: Hi, and thanks for having me here.
0: I appreciate that. Can you start me off by giving me a brief explanation of what the Mandela effect is? I've heard it. My daughter used it on me for the first time maybe a couple of years back. Before that, I did not know anything about it. Can you enlighten me?
1: Sure. The Mandela effect is a term that was coined by Fiona Broom back around uh, 2010. It refers to Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. Of South Africa. Apparently, on her blog site, she had some comments and she became aware that there were two versions of Nelson Mandela's life. A lot of people believed that he had died under the apartheid regime back in the 80s uh, and that he had been in prison at the time. And others rem- remember him as I think most of us do now, that he went on, became president of South Africa, and lived to a ripe old age. So that's why the term is coined Mandela Effect. And since then, there have been literally hundreds, and well, thousands actually, of so-called Mandela Effects um, occurring. And a lot of psychiatrists think that they are just false memories, that a lot of people are remembering something wrong. Right. This isn't quite the case because... Um, these people remembering it the wrong way are all tending to remember it the same wrong way. And we're talking about regardless of country, race, culture, civilization, or whatever.
0: So with Mandela, and I because I agree with you, I remembered Nelson Mandela to have died until he wasn't dead, and then suddenly he was out and he was running for government office and, and ultimately winning. So I agree with that. Was there some type of proof anywhere that Nelson had actually died in terms of uh, a news report or some type of propaganda that had gone out that said that? How did we all start to believe it?
1: Well, that's the odd thing. There doesn't seem to be any adequate proof, per se, like hard evidence. Some people point uh, point to some articles and things, uh, but basically it's a memory for Mm -hmm. most people. But We have the same thing with a lot of people about a lot of things. Uh, One of the things I came across was the color chartreuse, and this is one I use in a lot of people because it's one of my favorites. Do you know what color chartreuse is?
0: I I can't say that I do. I would probably guess purple.
1: Bingo. (laughs) (laughs) Is that right or wrong? It's wrong, but everyone who guesses wrong, guesses wrong the same way. Everyone says it's maroon, purple, reddish, reddish purple, uh, or, or like a burgundy color. It's not. It's a very bright lime green. Oh,
2: okay. So
1: not only are you getting it wrong, but you're all getting it wrong the same way. Yes, there are a few exceptions, but out of thousands and thousands of people who get their memories wrong, they have the same false memory. And this is what's so strange, and even psychiatrists can't understand how this can be. Why aren't you people saying yellow, blue, orange, pink, uh, puce, or whatever? But mm-hmm. they don't. They all go for that color. And this is true of so many things that are happening. Um, it's it's amazing. Uh, it, 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 almost anything you can think about, there's a Mandela effect about it now. It's everything from the Berenstein Bears versus the Berenstein Bears. To uh, Kit Kat having a hyphen between the two words and not having a hyphen, uh, it, it just goes on and on.
0: Do you think some of that is just a, a remnant of the the time that we live in? I mean, with with the memes and the social media, and people can attribute statements to anybody, and it's not actually re- you know somebody will put Donald Trump's face with a Hitler post and they'll say it's Donald Trump's a- actual language. Do we attribute any of it to that, to just the fact that it's so easy to manipulate the truth and and pictures and, and memes and things like that?
1: Oh, it is absolutely true that that sort of thing is going on to a great extent. I, myself, saw one about Abraham Lincoln and he gave a quote, <laughs> right. but it wasn't. Abraham Lincoln never said that, you know. Uh, but no, the Mandela Effect seems to be, uh, be strictly about memories. And you all you have to do is post something on, on your Facebook page or wherever and say, do people have different memories about this? And you look at tons of responses where people remember it one way and others remember it the other. Another great example of the Mandela Effect is from a movie, um, Star Wars.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Remember when um, Luke Skywalker found out who his father was, Darth Vader? Right. What did Darth Vader say to Luke? Do you remember?
0: Uh, I am your father?
1: Luke, I am your father, right. Right. It's wrong. He never said that. (laughs) (laughs) And yet everyone remembers it that way. Even the uh, actor who played Darth Vader in two different interviews, Set years Apart, even says it that way. And it's wrong. In the movie, he says, no, I am your father. And this goes on and on all the time. Now, at this point, one would think it was just largely false memories, or it could be false memories. You know, people's memories do play tricks on them. There's no doubt that we have a problem with our memories, because often a memory from a childhood isn't the actual memory. It's a memory of a memory of the memory. And by that point, it gets fuzzy and cloudy, and events get rewritten somehow. That, that's, you know, something that the human mind does. However, we do seem to have physical evidence for the Mandela effect as well.
0: Oh, like what?
1: Well, it started off with movies again, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. There's a movie called Dazed and Confused. Yes, It was I've a seen teenage it. angst movie, and it was in the early 90s. Did you happen to see it?
0: I have, yes. It's great.
1: Okay. Well, in one scene, they're in a classroom. It's a cheap movie. And it was filmed <laughs> in a real classroom with a real school globe. Well, two students are sitting there having a horrible time talking with—you know how teenagers are. Right. And uh, they're spinning this globe in the background. And on the globe, as it spins, you see a landmass, quite a large one, about a fifth the size of Australia, just to the west of Australia. There is no landmass there. Now, if you use high resolution or freeze frame, it is definitely a landmass. It has what look like rivers and inlets. It's not a key. It's not a logo. Uh, this was the first one that people noticed then another one came and uh, it was from France second season the bracelet buddy episode there's a globe in the background and again it shows a landmass off the southwest coast of Australia you might think it's Tasmania but it's not because it also shows Tasmania and we can't account for why that is and then i started researching this and i came across uh, a tv episode of i dream of genie i don't know if you've ever heard of it yes and uh, It was the fourth season, I believe, in it, and I've even posted this on YouTube so other people could view it. It shows a globe stuck on a guy's head, and he's walking around with this globe on his head, and on the globe, guess what? There's a landmass to the west of Australia that doesn't exist. There's also a landmass, a large island, just off the southwestern tip of South America, again, complete with inlets, uh, rivers, uh, what even looks like a mountain range. It's clearly not a key or a logo. There's also a landmass just to the west of Central America in the Pacific, quite a large one, much larger than Hawaii could be and too close to the coastline to be that. It actually could almost be called a small continent. It looks like it's about oh, a third the size of Australia and it's bisected from east to west by what, by what looks like a strait or a river. And it doesn't exist either. Now, here's the problem. All these globes were just bought or used for these shows. They weren't made. No one's going to bother to make something like that. Right. They were uh, in shows that were filmed at different times, different years. One was in the 60s. One was in the 90s. Another one was in the uh, later 90s. And they all show these various land masses that we don't have. Also, there are maps that show changes in uh, the size of countries. Mongolia, for instance. Um, Australia seems to have moved closer uh, to the uh, New Guinea area, uh, almost like within sight of it. I lived in Australia as a kid. Our maps didn't. I know, in my memory at least, Australia was never that close to New Guinea. New Zealand seems to have slipped further south and east of Australia. When I went to Australia as a kid, we went by ship. We landed there, we were shown maps and everything of the place. And I swear to you, it was parallel. And a lot of people are saying this. We don't know what's happening. Why is our visual images of the world and maps of the world and globes in movies changing? How do we account for this? It's not a hoax. Uh, It's highly unlikely someone was faking all these globes for Mm -hmm. whatever reason. Why anyone would, I don't know. So how do we account for this?
0: Well, do you have uh, an opinion of that? Do you have a hypothesis?
1: Well, and by the way, there's more physical evidence as well. is just from movies and television shows. There, there's a medallion that was struck for a World's Fair for Ford, and mm-hmm. it's, it's a big issue. It shows the curly Q on the F, on the crosshatch of the F on Ford. Ford insists it's always been that way since about 1912 when they first introduced the logo. Yet there are two coins, two medallions, one with it and one without. And Ford insists only one medallion was struck for that um, World's Fair, that expo, uh, there's a coin that was discovered in Mexico. On it, it it's in German, it says uh, Nuevo Alemania, and it gives the date, which is like, I can't remember the exact date, but it looks like it's 2030-something. Mm-hmm. Now, Nueva Alemania means New Germany. Now, no coin like that was ever struck by the Mexican government, I assure you. So this goes on and on. How do we account for it? Ah, that's the question. Um,
0: so you're saying uh, there be, was a there was a
1: what would you think might cause
0: it? Well, so you're saying there was a coin found that says New Germany in Mexico and it's dated 2030. So uh,
1: 2030, 30, 31, something like that. Yeah.
0: So then we're saying what t- time time travel? Something like that?
1: Or alternate timelines.
0: So is part of what you're saying in terms of the physical that we have just several different dimensions, several different timelines, several different parallel universes and we just kind of mix and match, just kind of flip back and forth until things get caught?
1: Well, according to the inflation theory of the universe, parallel universes are required to support our, and we accept the inflation theory as the current correct theory of the universe. Also, string theory requires multiple dimensions as well. And most quantum physicists now accept the idea that parallel realities probably are are real due to the split-screen experiment, which is the most famous in quantum physics. That seems to show that we're interfering patterns with another parallel universe very much like our own where they're also doing the same thing at the same instant. Now it wouldn't just be a few other realities, it could be an infinite number of other realities. Now why is this happening? Why haven't we had these false memories and things prior to 2010? Well we just started using quantum computers in 2010. Mm-hmm. And the founder of D-Wave Quantum Computing in Canada, big company that has designed one of the first quantum computers that actually seems to work, one of the actual founders, and can go on YouTube and see his seminar. He gives a speech. He's standing there. This is not me. It's him. And he says their quantum computers work so quickly because they access quantum computers in parallel timelines to process the information faster.
0: How did he so prove he, that? They, how does he prove that statement? He's just throwing stuff out there, right? He's just, he's just quantum, saying statements. The and- and- mm-hmm.
1: He insists it's so. And by the way, many quantum physicists think it's probably so as well. Because on the quantum level, reality as we know it breaks down almost completely. It, it just doesn't function on the, on the um, quantum level as it does on our macroscopic level of the universe. You and I think we're quite solid, right? Chairs Mm -hmm. are solid, tables are solid, doors are solid. Can't walk through them, right? Can't walk through a refrigerator. Well, actually, you're composed of atoms completely. All those atoms are 99.99999999% vacuum. So that means that the sum total of you is 99.999999% vacuum. You are less substantial than a ghost. And the only thing that keeps you from being able to walk through other objects is the nuclear force of of atoms, the repelling force.
0: Or I could say, Rob, maybe I am actually only 0.0000001% of my actual size. Do you see what I'm saying there? Maybe maybe my physical self is that 99.99999, that that 0.1%. That is my physical self. My actual size is significantly larger, right? Because you, to your point, if you have a, if if uh, an atom is so much empty space, but there is a little bit there, and the collection of them are. Ah, uh, but
1: do you know what that little bit is composed of? What's that? It is, according to string theory, it is composed of strings of energy, which aren't physical matter mm-hmm. or solid. Your protons, your neutrons, your electrons are actually manifestations of a vibrating string of energy according to string theory, and that is the most popular theory among physicists right now for the, the basis for explaining our universe. So here we go again.
2: Right. So even what little there is
1: to is energy. It's not really matter at all. Mass is just frozen energy, if you really want to think about it that way. Uh, Einstein proved it with E equals mc squared. You can convert mass and matter into energy and vice versa. So the two are actually synonymous. There's different states of the same thing. One more thing. On the quantum level, a particle can be in superposition. It can exist in two states at once. And this is how a quantum computer works. Uh, it doesn't have to be an on-off situation. It can be both at the same time. And that's what allows it to process so much more quickly information. We've also managed to teleport particles actually an entire atom a simple atom but we did it and we didn't actually teleport the atom itself we teleported the information about the atom and most physicists will tell you that the universe is basically information mm-hmm. all information you me cars boats trucks whatever that It's information. And there's one scientist, uh, Max Tegmark, that goes even further. He says the universe isn't just based on mathematics. It is mathematics. So what is our reality?
0: Yeah, you've just dropped me down the rabbit hole. So then in reality, the Mandela effect could be a nothing burger. And in in reality, all those things really did happen. Nelson Mandela did die. And we are remembering a real event. And at the same time, Nelson Mandela survived and became uh, president or parliament or whatever whatever his government office was. All of those things did well, on happen. on quantum
1: level, everything is probability and all possibilities. And according to the idea of infinite parallel universes, according to string theory, according to the inflation theory, every possibility and probability has to play out. Mm-hmm. So there is an number of universes where you exist. In some, you're a billionaire, and some, you're a teacher, and some, you stoke a, a coal fire, in some, you're dead, in some, you're never born, and in some, you're going to live maybe forever. There's even now a, a concept of quantum immortality. So uh, this, so if you have all these parallel timelines, why all of a sudden are we having these false memories, this Mandela effect coming to the fore? and Why haven't we discussed it prior to that? Well, it might be that prior to that, we didn't have that problem, that our timeline was intact. It may be that now, thanks to quantum computing, accessing parallel timelines, mm-hmm. we're beginning to mix and merge those timelines. So some of us are from one timeline and some are from another. My timeline, I remember Chartreuse being bright green. Your timeline it's probably was purple. Uh, in some timelines, these islands, land masses exist off the coast of Australia. Why Australia all the time? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But that's weird. Um, And in other timelines, they don't exist. But here's the thing. For those of us who, and there are some people, by the way, who actually remember those islands. They can't think of the name of it, but they remember that they existed. So here's the thing. If those islands existed and now have never existed in our timeline, what happened to all the people on them? If we had brothers or sisters or cousins or relatives or friends there, they vanished too. And they didn't just stop existing for us they never existed and we have no memory of them whatsoever. So it isn't that the loved one died and you can grieve and remember them. You stop remembering them at all. And that's a little scary.
0: Is this then obviously we're messing with some pretty large forces. If suddenly we're we're tearing dimensional walls. You
1: know, and I it know that,
0: And that whole CERN that whole CERN collider, uh, you know, I I've heard some some stories regarding if that thing actually, that thing could potentially tear a hole in our reality or or uh, you know, potentially make a black hole. I don't know. There's a lot of apocalyptic uh, things going on with that. Are, where are they at well, with that, that and what's that And A that lot going? of
1: people thought, think that that was responsible for the Mandela effect yeah. because that was fired up about the same time as well. My problem with that is is that the super collider isn't doing anything that nature doesn't do all the time. Cosmic rays bombard the Earth, and they split up other uh, particles and ions, and they smash and crash together all the time. Yes, we're doing it, but the universe does it all the time on its own. We're merely recreating that in a lab. So I don't think CERN is responsible for the Mandela effect. I'm inclined to think it's quantum computers. Either that, or we live in a simulation, and someone is tinkering with the program, and this is causing little glitches to pass on down the line. And that could be the answer, too. Another possibility is time travel exists and someone from the future is coming back and altering our timelines. And in the process, most people forget because once they make, for instance, if um, I stopped you from being born, then no one right now would ever remember that you ever existed at all because you didn't. So uh, that. But some of us might, because when you're tinkering with things like that, who knows what the repercussions or consequences are, the side effects. When we first uh, ignited a, a nuclear bomb at Los Alamos, mm-hmm. there were some scientists who feared it would ignite the atmosphere, right. of the Earth create a chain reaction, action, and blow it off. We weren't sure, and we did it anyway. What if quantum computing has this kind of side effect, creating the Mandela effect? We just don't know. We have not even experimented enough to try.
0: Yeah, see, that's why I'm... That's what makes me really skeptical about that statement and without really being able to say, and this is how it's being done, and being able to actually physically prove it. Uh, you know, say, well, yeah, you know, they're talking to other quantum computers somewhere else. How do you know that those quantum computers were even made in those other universes? How do you know that there are other quantum computers somewhere else? We know that we have one well, here. That doesn't guarantee there's someone. There's one somewhere else.
1: Well, if the, in the parallel universes where there isn't one, our quantum computers would be in, in contact with them. Uh, Mm -hmm. they uh, would only contact ones that exist in timelines so close to ours that maybe only only one particle split there that didn't split here and that created a separate timeline. Again, on the quantum level, all probabilities, actually, particles are actually probability waves. We can, uh, according to the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, we can never pin down a particle and its motion at the same time, only one or the other. And according to the split screen experiment which is very famous particles act like waves as well as particles so they have superposition they have a duality it's the dual nature of the particle wave phenomenon now if we're composed of all those particles that make up atoms that make up us are we experiencing the same thing a duality are we really just a prob- probability wave that's waiting to collapse at any given moment at any given time in which case we actually live in a vast soup of probability waves and some of them collapse, and those are other timelines. And some collapse and inform our timeline. And uh, I know that it bothers you that quantum computers might actually <laughs> be able to access parallel timelines, but the mathematics of it actually works.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know that it—you know, I can wrap my head around it, I guess. I, I actually can more wrap my head around time travelers. To, to me, that is that is more of a—it's less of a stretch than a computer talking well, see, to a that
1: different makes You can move back and forward in time, but you can't move to alternate timelines. It may be that there is no actual future or past. It may be, well, actually, according to Einstein, they all exist at one time, Mm -hmm. that that you could actually plot on a map or a graph uh, not only the location of something in space-time here, but being space-time also in time, so that if you're, say, your grandfather's long dead now, or great-grandfather, Uh, and you think of him as dead, that's only because you're a linear uh, traveler through time. But he actually does exist and is living right at this instant, uh, only in a different space-time. And that, by the way, is completely in principle with Einstein, and actually it's what Einstein says.
0: Yeah, you've you've baked my noodle here. You're saying that the Mandela Effect really kind of came into existence, at least from what you have found, right around the time when we started messing around with quantum realms and quantum computers, and then potentially opened up or a rift or some type of doorway from one reality to another, and then in those realities, again, maybe Nelson Mandela did die in that other reality, and some of us have traveled back and forth, and we we remember that it happened there, but here it did not happen.
1: Not that we've traveled back and forth, but that the timelines may be like strands of spaghetti all lying close to each other, and when we operate quantum computers, and it may not be quantum computers, this is just... My take on it, or spend, but it is others as well. And uh, again, I don't think it's CERN. I've kind of ruled out CERN myself personally. But quantum computers are being used, and this—it's there's no ironclad evidence to support it one way or the other at this point. However, you look at the facts, the Mandela effect suddenly came into being, as far as we are aware of, around 2010 to 2013 is when it really began to hit the uh, internet. And it, that is exactly the time that quantum computers actually began to function, if only on a very limited level. And again, I would recommend that you watch that seminar by one of the two founders of D mm-hmm. Wave Computing, by the way, is making very good money, major corporation, and listen to what he has to say. Then also, maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, look up some quantum physicists and see what they have to say about the matter. Remember now, I know it's hard for you to grasp the idea that these things could actually exist. But according to the inflation theory of cosmology, our current theory of everything of the universe, they have to exist. And also, and it's an ongoing process, by the way, mm-hmm. and also they, uh, they uh, with the string theory, it requires multiple dimensions as well. And by the way, there's another theory that if our universe is infinite, despite being closed, it's also infinite, which is really hard for a lot of people to grasp. That if it goes on forever, there's only so many ways particles can come together. They're like Lego blocks. You, you could There's only so many types of Lego blocks. You can put them together oh, almost an infinite number of ways, but not an infinite number. So eventually, they have to repeat. So if you build a little firehouse with your Lego blocks, mm-hmm. uh, someday if you keep putting them together randomly, you're going to build another uh, little firehouse with the blocks. So the universe supposedly would work the same way. So even that way, we have parallel universes because areas of our own universe repeat, and there'll be another Earth, another Sun, and another you and me on it. Well, on the Earth, not the Sun.
0: <laughs> How does this identification now of the Mandela Effect and what you are potentially thinking are the causes, what would that mean right now just for the current history of our world? I mean, we know that much of the uh, documented history is kind of a series of oral traditions anyway that kind of ended up on paper. So it's oh, kind some of— it's really- do uh
1: that by the way that's another mandela effect the cia has made public a lot of papers under the freedom of information act mm-hmm. you can access those online as well and are you aware that they have stored papers uh of historical events that have that come out two completely different ways no yep
0: <laughs> like like what what are, so they have things in their archives well, i
1: mean uh i can't think of one offhand right now because it's It's been a few years since I wrote the book, but uh, for instance, just as an example, one might be uh, that uh, a a dictator was assassinated under such and such conditions, and and the the agent um, recorded the events that went around it one way, and then there's another paper that says uh, he wasn't assassinated, that he died of heart disease maybe two years after that, and these are stored in the CIA's archives, and some of them are now available to the public. This sort of thing goes on and on in every facet. We've long since passed the idea of whether a Kit Kat has a hyphen in it or not, uh, and, and we now have physical evidence in the form of medallions, mm-hmm. coins, movies, and globes, maps, um, as well as actual papers by government agencies.
0: Well, I heard there so, was also I, it, there was also some artifacts found. I think it was in a tomb, right? There was there was an artifact found, like a like a watch or something like that, that where, where it should not have been. That-
1: Absolutely. It was a tomb in uh, China. It was uh, over 400 years old. They opened it, and they found a finger wristwatch that actually looks like a watch, but they're not sure because they haven't x-rayed it or looked at the internal uh, mechanisms, if it's an and e or if it's just a, you know, just a mock-up. Mm-hmm. But on the back of it is the Swiss. Now, that, it was found in the dirt inside the tomb. That tomb hadn't been opened in over 400 years, and I assure you, the Swiss were not making watches 400 years ago, let alone finger watches. Now, some people said, oh, well, that's been proven a hoax. No, it hasn't. The scientists, the archaeologists who found it insist they found it there, and it is what it is. But, of course, you're always going to have people cry hoax because a lot of people are in denial and don't want it. And sometimes they are hoaxes. Mm-hmm. This isn't one of them. And we have found other artifacts as well. There's so many over the last three centuries, they're called up art. We have found vases inside of um, huge blocks of coal. We have found handbells, we have found ladles, we have found kettles, we have found all sorts of things inside of solid lumps of coal. And a couple of them are even in the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, D.C.
0: Could that also be a, a factor of just kind of the byproduct of the ebb and flow of human civilization? Because couldn't there also have been... I know that we think. In a, and again, in five million year old lump of coal. Well, I mean, I I, I think that, he, that there's a possibility that humans could have been here a lot longer than what our written history says we were, and and there were there could have been additional civilizations that have risen and fallen as you know as time has gone on, but I know that we think we were, we are as good now as we've ever been. There's never been a civilization like us ever, but I don't know that we've ever I, had any proof of that.
1: I I think there there was, I even wrote a book on it, Megalithia, Ancient oh, okay. Alien Empire. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, I do think that's true. But my point is, some of these things date back 250 million years. Mm-hmm. Now, according to everything we know about archaeology and the study of the human uh, ancestry, we've only been around about 3 million years total, and most of that time, we were barely walking upright. I mean, they are pushing back further how far... Uh, Homo sapiens apparently developed. Right. Uh but but we're talking thousands of years, not multiple millions of years. So uh I mean, so how do we account for this? And by the way, we're finding other stuff. We have found over 9,000 nanoscrews in the Caucasus, or Euro Mountains, I'm sorry, uh, in Russia. They were buried up to 30, 40 feet deep along a river and its tributary, quite a ways actually. Now these screws range in size from an inch or two down to literally nano scale. And they're composed of tungsten, molybdenum, and other well, uh, I can hardly say that one, uh, molybdenum. And mm-hmm. other metals as well, alloys, and there are different types of alloys. Now, we haven't been able to refine titanium until just recently, in the last hundred years or so. It takes incredibly high temperatures to do it. We simply couldn't create those in the old blacksmith forge. So, who is depositing these things? And by the way, these date anywhere from 9,000 uh, years ago to as much as 12 to 25 million years ago. Mm-hmm. So, who is making nanoscrews 9,000 years ago? And for what purpose? We call them screws
0: because they look like screws. Um, so how do we count for this? Yeah, it definitely wouldn't and, be us. It would probably be the same people who actually built the pyramids. And if if you don't want to believe that the Egyptians built the pyramids 3,500 years ago or what have you, when there's a lot of water erosion evidence, and things like that, that would say they were significantly older than 3,500 years. So maybe, maybe right. we're looking at that.
1: Uh, they were tombs either. They right. they, say they were tombs. Right. Or- the king's chamber, the queen's chamber, those are just names they pasted on. We have no evidence those were actually tombs. A sarcophagus, or it's a big box, right. was found in one empty, and it looked like it had suffered extreme heat damage on one end, along with the wall near that side of it. That's all we found, but oddly enough, in these um, pyramids, all of them, we find no hieroglyphics. We find no funerary uh, paintings. We find nothing to allow that Pharaoh to pass on uh, nothing of the Book of the Dead, nothing. There's no evidence they were tombs at all. We're just assuming they were tombs.
0: I think we always, yeah, we, I... All, we always full, fall back to that position. Whenever we see something we don't understand, it has to have either some connotation with death, or it's a funeral, or it's a tomb, or it's something with the gods. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of this, well, logically, maybe it was used by uh, an earlier civilization that we just don't have a record of at this point. That always That always right. surprised me. That we, we can't get past and, and, that.
1: And, 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 and that is a question. But if these people had these kind of capabilities, 10, twelve thousand, 12,000 or more, even millions, there is another um, object, upart, is called the Map of the Creator, mm-hmm. or the Creator Stone. This sucker is heavy, and it's big. And they believe it's only one of about 500 such pieces that made up a huge map. Now, this stone is in three layers, and on it is embossed, inside the stone with a, a hard mineral layer of overcoat, and we have no idea how this this was done, and um it's made of stone, but it is a three D map of that area of Russia and it shows major terraforming, rivers that have been reversed in their flow, channels, irrigation canals, all sorts of stuff. And moreover, it's as if it was viewed from thirty thousand feet up or so. Mm-hmm. Almost like a satellite Now, they don't know how this can be, and it's dated. Uh, They can only date the stone. And, again, the stone looks like it it goes back about 220 million years, something like that. Different people say different things, but it's all in the millions. So how do we count for this? How do we count for the fact that there's a stone which shows massive terraforming of our world or region of it, and uh, it was lying in someone's backyard? It's now residing in a university in Russia. So... On and on it goes. How do we explain all this stuff? Were there ancient civilizations tens of uh, thousands of years ago? Possibly. 25 million years ago? 250 million years ago? That's hard to believe because uh, mammals just weren't around 250 million years ago. We barely date back 65 million years. We were just little rodents at the time of the dinosaurs when they died. So, how do again, how do we account for it? Time travelers are people going back in the past and camping out and leaving stuff behind, and it gets buried mm-hmm. in, in the Devonian times and becomes coal in the Carboniferous Age or whatever, and we dig it up 25 million years or more later and uh, find them embedded inside of solid coal. Again, how do we account for this? It's it, There is just so much we don't know. But when it comes to the subject of reality, did you know that uh, several physicists claim there is about a 33% chance that we are actually a simulation? And they backed this up. A scientist found in string theory itself, the mathematics that are involved in it, um, self-correcting block linear code, the exact same code that Yahoo and Google uses in its search engines for self-correcting errors.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now why is the basic theory of our universe using self-correcting code in it?
0: Uh, you, you got me. There you go. I, I, <laughs> I mean I don't I don't know. So so the matrix is real as well, or potentially 33 percent chance.
1: Right. And they think uh, and, and Max Tegmark, the one physicist thinks that's going to rise as we find more evidence over time for it. Maybe he's right, maybe he's not. But if it is a simulation, then people can be altering it, tinkering with it. Doing what they want to anywhere along the timeline of it, they don't have to just focus on the present. When you play a game, you can move it, advance in the game, or go back in the game, and maybe they're doing the same thing. And when they do is causing glitches further down the line, and those glitches might be the Mandela
0: effect. Do you think people want to know that? I mean, do you <laughs> do you think that the people that just the average Joe living their life, they want those scientists to figure out that everything you've been doing? the entire existence that you think you've had is just a simulation.
1: Right, and you're just a sub-routine that, running in that, it. That, that everything you uh, think
0: and feel isn't real.
1: No, I don't think they do want to know that. I think they absolutely don't want to know that. Right. I think they want to cling to their traditional uh, religious principles or whatever that mm-hmm. they have, which, by the way, have no more foundation, in fact, really, than uh, uh, most of these theories. Well, actually, these theories have more foundation, in fact. mm mm-hmm. uh, uh, I have nothing against Christianity, for example. I was raised that way myself, but sure. we don't have any actual proof that Christ lived. We don't have a birth certificate. We, According to the Bible, they did go to um, Bethlehem to be recorded for tax purposes by the Romans, but there's no Roman record that we've ever found that Christ was actually born. True. But we believe him to be born. But, you know, belief is faith in that which cannot be proven. Mm-hmm. Science goes the other way. We try to find evidence to support what we're talking about, as with the Mandela effect.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just see, well, they wouldn't actually be able, if it's a simulation, they wouldn't really be able to end the simulation. It would continue to go, right? Not I, necessarily. It's just mass despair if if suddenly, somehow or another, the same guy who tells me that a, his quantum computer is talking to another quantum computer in a different universe. Oh, by the way, everything you think you've known isn't really happening.
1: Well, we that over and over though haven't we really and we've survived these discoveries I mean we were absolutely convinced the earth was the center of the universe at one time Uh, Galileo Mm -hmm. and Copernicus Abrahi proved to us it wasn't. We were actually uh, convinced the Earth was flat one time, although that's kind of a misnomer. The average common person thought the world was flat, but the intellectuals and those who were learned at the time knew that it was round.
0: I think we've st- and, I think we've gotten uh, all the way back to that, right? We've gone 360 now. The, the common person is, <laughs> yeah, thinks it's flat people. again. <laughs> yeah.
1: They do. But you know, the earth can't be flat because if it was, cats would knock everything off of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if they can climb that 2,000 mile, or a, how big is that ice sheet in Antarctica? It's like two, it's like 2,000 feet, something like that, I think.
1: Yes, it's quite thick. It's yeah. really quite thick.
0: They can get yes. up there. Yeah, they can knock I mean, it off. The I mean, I go way. up
1: in a plane all the time and I can see the curvature of the earth when I hit 32,000, 38,000 mm-hmm. feet. And I asked a flat earth one time, I said, well, how do you explain that? Oh, they have trick windows. When you're on the ground, everything looks flat, but as you go up, they alter the view so that it looks round. I said, are you telling me that every plane, every helicopter, everything that flies around the earth everywhere has trick windows in it? I said, doesn't that make your theory a little heavy? You know, the principle of Occam's razor says if there's two competing theories that both could explain something... Scientists say pick the simplest one. It's usually the, the correct one. So probably flatter a theory. Yeah, that,
0: probably, yeah, that's...
1: It, 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 just, it is just... I don't know why all of a sudden it's become popular again. Blame the Internet, but
0: uh, well, it, it's I, absurd. I think social media has a lot to do with a lot of the issues that, that the general public civilization is having. Because, again, you you can manipulate photographs. You can manipulate uh, statements. You can manipulate video. Nothing you see or hear is actually real, which is, uh, again, uh, we talk talking about the Mandela effect, that's how we started, but you can almost say that the engineering of these fake photographs, uh, you know, you see these amazing things and people are like, wow, look at this, it's beautiful. Well, that's not real. Somebody photoshopped that. So, right. And you can't believe different? anything
1: by something just online for that reason i researched the mandela effect in these movies myself i got copies of the movies freeze them on a, a 4k television
0: zoomed in on
1: them and these these globes are really there in, in the movies and they're really that way so that wasn't photoshopped mm-hmm. what i posted on the internet with regard to i dream of genie that wasn't photoshopped now some people say well those are keys or logos i said no If you look at all the photos, you'll see that I have arrows pointing to what are keys and logos. And some of these things definitely are not keys and logos because they're land masses. They show rivers and terrain and mountains. That's not a key or a logo. So uh, that's an an interesting thing. But then we have the coins, the medallions. Mm -hmm. We have the Oop art. Something is going on. Something must explain this. Well, what is it? If it's hoaxes with Upart, well, then they've been going on for over 300 years because ever since we started coal mining, ever since we had the first industrial revolution, even before that, we've been digging up stuff around the world in Germany, Scotland, England, France, the United States, Canada, uh, stuff that just doesn't belong where we find it. And I simply am not going to believe that every single one of those things is hoaxes, especially when some of them can be seen for yourself in the Smithsonian.
0: No, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I just have always lived under the impression that we are l- lending a blind eye to the fact that human civilization is older than we think. And today, or tomorrow, a, a, a meteorite could come in and strike the Earth, a small one. It doesn't have to end the planet, end life, just just enough that it knocks out the power grid and 90 days later we're all cavemen again. You know, the half the population has died off or killed each other and then what happens? You know, we have to reset. You know, the cars that are sitting here now, they'll be dust in 500 years. They don't they no longer exist. There's no record or physical evidence that they ever existed. It takes us 2000 years to crawl our way back into some form of civilization and we've forgotten. We've forgotten that we what it was before. Uh, I, that's just kind of that's my then, opinion of it. And what you
1: have is a race of people that have racial amnesia. They don't remember their past. They don't know what happened. uh, A good example of this is the Romans in England. They were there a long time. They entered England around 100 A.D., and they stayed till what, 300-something A.D. And within two generations after they left, the English had forgotten they were ever there. (laughs) Hadrian's Wall, built under the auspices of Emperor Hadrian, was thought to be built by a race of giants. That's how quickly we forget
0: or you look at these As at the people. the sphinx and the pyramids and say we must have built that you know we built that it's ours you know, it's always been there it was you know buried under thousands or hundreds of feet of sand but it's ours we built it we had to we used 20,000 slaves working placing a rock every 5 minutes for 20 years and that's how we did it no come on so it's that was what i've always believed personally is that just to your point it could be time travel, or it could be a, a walking through alternate universes, or it could just be that we've been around a lot longer than we think, and we have risen and we have fallen periodically. Something like that.
1: And that may be the case. Or it may be that someone else was involved, too. Uh, True. I mean, if you believe the um, the, the Sumerian uh, cuneiform writings of the tablets, they speak of the Anunnaki who came to Earth and created us to be their beasts of burden, basically, to do their mining for them. And that was the belief of the people at the time. And so horrible were these gods to humans that they supposedly created or hybridized or whatever you want to call it, that um even the afterlife for these people was horrible. They when they died, they thought they lived in a they were ghosts that lived in a world of gray and everything was dust and ashes and that's what they ate clay. And that was what you did for eternity. So their lot in life was so horrible under these Arunaki that uh, even the afterlife was horrible.
0: Hmm. So,
1: oh, and by the way, it isn't just the Sumerian. The uh, Vedic texts of India, the Mahabharata, the uh, Ramayana, also refer to a race of gods and a great war in space and on the earth and a battle that even took place on the moon, and that these creatures had the mana and that they had some humans that were very trusted that actually flew some of these. Some of these Vamana supposedly were as big as cities, and others were quite small, more like an air car. And um, there was a great war, and at the time, there was a rebellion by humans while the war was going on. Oh, and by the way, the Anunnaki uh, Sumerian uh, codices say the same thing. They say there was a rebellion by humans at the time this took place. Two different civilizations in different areas of the world, two distinctly separate cultures, and both talk about the same kind of event. Hmm.
0: I live in northern Florida now. If I let's say I lived in Miami and an asteroid hit and flooded and the grid went down, but somehow I survived and I found my way into the into the middle jungle somewhere on the Amazon, and I walk in, you know, six foot three white man and with a lighter in my hand and a cell phone, and I'm a god. You know, they've never seen this before. Uh, I walk in and I'm I'm something unlike they've ever seen. And I come in with with technology and, I, and and suddenly they're enslaved to me I mean I just I, I could think of a couple of ways that those kind of oral traditions and those type of uh, things could occur just again by using just a lot longer civilization arc than what we're used to
1: right and I believe it was the Mayans who had the god quisicotal feathered serpent mm-hmm. but they also talked about a god who was uh, whitened and bearded yeah and of course that's when the Spaniards arrived they thought it was him and bowed down to him when really he was just a really vicious conqueror and uh... you know he proceeded to wipe them out so uh... yes it it, it it's happened with us ourselves but has it happened in the past i mean our past is a long one we have right. and by the way we have a lot of disappearing islands as well everyone knows about atlantis and like did it exist and exist well there's also the island of high brazil it was on maps for over three hundred years it was an island that was quite large off the southwest coast of Ireland, um, sighted by various ca- uh, captains. And by the way, it was supposed to have a strait across the middle of it, which is amazingly like what you'll see in that I Dream of genie
2: mm-hmm.
1: photo that I posted uh, over in the Pacific. And this thing was on maps for a long time and then was removed. And there's islands in the Caribbean the same way. There's also a sandy island. Down in the South Pacific. It was on maps for centuries, cited by different captains of different countries, including their crew, was described in detail. And now it no longer exists. And it never existed because a ship, research ship, went there to find out, and the water's 4,000 feet deep. So it wasn't like it eroded away and it's now just below the surface. Some said, oh, well, maybe it was a floating island of pumice. Well, if it was, it never could have lasted for over 200 years as such. And by the way, it is on a Google satellite map. It is pixelated out, but it is the shape of Sandy Island, and it's right there. Now, why would Google pixelate that out? And we're not talking a drawn map. We're talking an actual satellite photograph.
0: So we're saying it's disappeared since the photograph was taken?
1: Yes, now yeah. Google no longer has it on their maps. It's just gone. And they had it pixelated down that one. Now, normally, they pixelate things out because uh, it's uh, sensitive. Governments right. ask them right. to do a military base sort of thing. So that raises the question, is it a secret military base? But it seems to have vanished utterly. Again, there's some islands in the Caribbean. There's islands off the coast of Japan and Russia where people visited. They described the fauna and the flora. The captains drew pictures of these things. They uh, talked about the mountain range in the center of the island, how it tapered off in either direction. And then they went back to find it later, and it's gone. It just doesn't exist anymore. So what the heck is going on? I'm not talking just a few islands here. I'm talking a lot mm-hmm. of islands in, in, down near New Zealand, up near Russia, Japan, uh, near Australia, in the Atlantic, in the Caribbean. How do we account for this?
0: So just so I can wrap my brain around that, so we have, do we still have these maps that show all of this landmass that now no longer exist? Do yeah, they, there, they are they
1: actually, and, uh, there are actually maps that do show high Brazil. If you go back to the, uh, the, I think it first started appearing in the 14th century, 15th century. And so if you look at any of those maps, you'll actually see high Brazil in there. In fact, high Brazil, they even made a semi-comedy movie about it, adventurous adventure semi-comedy movie about it, about high Brazil. And, oh, and by the way, here's another interesting little side note. In the Rendlesham Forest, the big event that was near the American base that had nuclear missiles there, when that thing, whatever it was, touched down there, and the sergeant went with his crew and he recorded it, and he he apparently touched the ship. And after he did this, binary code kept running through his head. He dreamt about it. It was constant. So he wrote it down. Well, for the movie, uh, I'm sorry, the TV series Ancient Aliens, they decided to try to see if it actually was any kind of real thing. Mm -hmm. And they had it translated, and it is coordinates. And one of the things it says is origin, and it says eight-something, so it's almost um, 6,000 years in the future. And then it gives these coordinates of different areas on the Earth, and one of them is the coordinates for high Brazil.
0: So do you think that high Brazil is something that does not exist yet, and is potentially um, something that will exist in the future, and maybe we're seeing it in in our timeline, or was it something that has existed in the past? And or, or well, from the conversation we've had, that doesn't have to be the case either way, right? It's just it's just landmass right. that could be here I, at the same I, I time.
1: Would, uh, if I had to pick one, I would say it exists in the past and it doesn't exist now because our timelines have sh- shifted. And in our current timeline, it never existed. Okay, But in a parallel timeline, it does. But
0: So we have the, the maps, should... but we, do we have any type of, like, government to, uh, statement after the fact that says, yeah, we have maps that says this, but now we no longer do it? You know what I mean? Is, is there some kind of documentation from science or from— Oh, um, well,
1: Sandy Island existed on maps for a couple of centuries. Uh-huh. There's the— uh, the satellite photograph of it, but it was pixelated out, but it's, it's right there on the ocean and pixelated out in the shape of Sandy Island, as described in all these uh, descriptions of the logs of various captains. All that's real, and now it's gone, uh, and so now it's no longer on maps. So this is what happens. Islands hmm. that have been there for several centuries, charted, explored by different people, different captains of different countries, then disappear, and after a while, they're dropped from the maps. This goes on all the time. And, of course, people say, well, it must have been a mistake. Well, if it was, one of them was even spotted by Captain Cook, who discovered Australia while he was on a ship, the Endeavour, I believe it was. So these are not stupid people that were mm-hmm. recording these events. So when you're describing flora and fauna and the terrain of an island that now no longer exists, uh, how do you explain that? Was Captain Cook nuts for all these captains nuts and their crews? Or is it something else? I think it's something else. Right. I think they did it. And now don't. I think our timeline's merging. And that means that it's a me in this timeline and in another one. And when they use the quantum computer effect, it may be that we're basically switching places. Uh, There was a woman, uh, Lorena Garcia. Have you heard of her? I have not. She woke up one morning in her apartment and minor things had changed, like the color of her bedspread, some tchotchkes she had around the room. Nothing big, mind you. And she, it disturbed her, but she had to go to work. So she went to work, and she um, went to her department, and they never heard of her. Uh, as They didn't know her, but they said they knew of her because she was on the uh, – and she worked over an entirely different department doing entirely different work. And the people she knew and saw as acquaintances and friends knew her. So then she went home, and she contacted her sister, and she talked about it, and they got to talking about a surgery the sister had had a few years before, a scar on her shoulder, I think it was, not sure about that. And the sister said, I don't have any surgery, I don't have any scar on my shoulder. So then she started to panic, and she... um Went to a psychiatrist, wondering if she was having hallucinations or basically going insane. And his determination was that, no, she was perfectly sane, ex- uh, sane except for these weird beliefs of hers. Mm-hmm. She also had a boyfriend. The boyfriend vanished along with his son. No trace. She actually hired a private detective. They couldn't find him. And the boyfriend she had, rem- she remembered as having broken up with several months before, was her boyfriend again. She was so panicked by this that she even posted all this on the Internet and asked for anyone, if they knew anything about this at all in any way, to please contact her. And she's not alone. There are hundreds of such cases.
0: Yeah, because on its face, it almost sounds like she's schizophrenic or has some kind of mental illness, you know, she's, and she has some alternate reality inside her brain. But you're telling me the psychiatrist said, no, you know, there is no, there's no history of mental illness there. There was no evidence of mental, mental illness this is her reality.
1: Right. And another case was of uh, uh, two women were hiking in Peru up in the mountains. They saw a cabin. It was well lit, oddly with torches, looked like a very old cabin. And it looked like just a party inside. So they decided to go to it and see what was going on. The door was open. There were people inside dressed in what looked like 17th century costumes, I believe it was. And uh, so she's, the one woman started to enter. She got about halfway in, and her friend jerked her back because she didn't like the whole thing she, they didn't know what, why would you be having a major party like this in costume mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere in some cabin and using torches I mean it just didn't make sense to her so she jerked her back well the woman suffered paralysis down the whole side of her body that had crossed over the threshold she's had it to this day she went to a doctor and it was uh, it was a, it's a type of illness that can happen to people where one half their body is paralyzed they don't know the cause Now, the doctor doesn't know what happened to her, but he knows that she actually is paralyzed and is to this day. And when they went back to the cabins, uh, it was dead, deserted, and old. So was that inside of her head?
0: Right. Or was was it a shared psychosis there? Um, I have one one last question because we're kind of bumping up to the end of our time here, and I really appreciate it. So... Now that we're obviously messing with some pretty radical stuff, what, is, what's, what do you think is the next step? What do you think we're where we're going here, Rob, as we're messing with these quantum computers or messing with our reality stream, messing with our, our universes? Where do you see our understanding of, of reality and history, our future? Where do you see it all going?
1: Well, it's a conundrum. All we can do as rational human beings is gather evidence, research, investigate, and try to come up with possible explanations. Uh, I've come up with a number that different people think might be valid, Mm -hmm. including some of my own. Uh, Which one is the valid one? I don't know, if any. But all we can do is try to gather further facts, try to gather further evidence, and see if what's happening is caused by something. And if it is a side effect of quantum computers, we need to stop using them.
0: (laughs) So do you you think it's it's something that we...
1: we, Not knowing what the side effects
0: are. Do you think it's something that so, we could counteract? Do you think at this point we can still we could close that box and be done with it or now that it's open? Quantum
1: computers we can. If we're living in a simulation that's being tinkered with, we can't. <laughs> uh, uh, matrix. uh, if it's time travel screwing with us, well, maybe someday we can do something about it, but right now I don't think there's much we could do about it. So uh, but you know what? Not knowing doesn't help. At least knowing you can then try to do something about it. But if you don't know what's causing it, how do you fix it?
0: No doubt. I will say in closing, though, that my hope is that it is not a computer simulation. I think out of all the choices you've given me, I at least want to feel like I'm tangible in, in some way. And I guess you could say, well, if, if you think you're conscious, you're still kind of tangible. No, I, I actually want to be physically tangible. Um, So I would much rather have. The Latin
1: phrase "Cogito, ergo sum." I think, therefore, I am. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you are conscious, then you are real. Uh, It doesn't matter if we exist in a simulation or in a string theory universe or whatever; you're still real. Well, at least zero point (laughs) zero 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 (laughs) zero 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 one. Right. So. Thanks for trying to cheer me up there at the end. Real for you, it's real.
0: Oh, I, like I say, I hope that it's just time travelers, or I hope it's just quantum computers and we can turn those bad boys off. So do you think if we turn them off that our memory of Nelson Mandela would be that he survived the entire time he did not die? Do you think that that those memories would revert, or would we keep what we've got already?
1: I think we'd keep what we've got already. I think the damage that's been done is probably irreversible, uh, but it would be interesting to stop the quantum computers for just a, two or three years, put a moratorium on it, mm-hmm. just to see if it... If it changes things, if it doesn't, well, then it's not quantum computers, is it?
0: What are the quantum computers doing for us? What's the value?
1: Oh, the value is that they can uh, solve problems when they're up and running fully, when they have enough qubits to really be doing something worthwhile. They can uh, solve certain types of problems that would take us literally millions of years otherwise to solve. Uh, They could make AI completely possible. And uh, it w- we would have a whole new technology based on this. We would have encrypted information. We, we would have, based on quantum—they've just done this. They um, quantum entangled some information and, and sent it. They quantum entangled it. It arrived instantaneously at the other place. Hmm. We could have instantaneous communication anywhere in the universe, no matter how far apart we are. So, yeah, there's a lot that could yeah,
0: come that, it. I guess that, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting idea. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate it. Uh, I think we started with Mandela effect, and you you educated me quite a bit after that. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I know you you do have the book that we were kind of talking about, Shat, you know, shattered reality. But again, on Amazon, you have I don't know, I, I couldn't count them all. Maybe twenty. How many? How many books do you have currently?
1: You know, I'm actually not too sure. Not myself. sure, right? I about five pages on on. Uh, on, on uh, Amazon, and uh, uh, I kind of lose count. I do one to two books every year, and I've been mm-hmm. doing it for 11. So I'm guessing around 20, give or take a book or two.
0: So if somebody wants to find any of the things we've talked about today, they can go on Amazon.com. Uh, there is a huge Rob Shelsky, uh catalog there. Uh, really any, and I'm not kidding, any uh, topic that you want to read about and want to find out about, there is a book that's been written on it. Uh, or uh, we can go on your website as well, at blog, dot blogspot.com. That's, that is the correct right. website. Or, or okay. you can
1: just Google me. Just Google, just Google Rob you. Shelsky. will okay. come up.
0: Yeah. Anything else that you okay. wanted to uh, promote before we go?
1: Well, I just would like to say that we need answers. Mm-hmm. And to do that, we have to be rational people, avoid conspiracy theories, uh, and, and, and just try to find more evidence and try to research and try to get some results.
0: Well, I would like to say then... You know, with regards to conspiracy theories, and see, so you, you triggered me now. So, is it a conspiracy theory or is it just possibly a different reality that we're remembering differently?
1: I think it's a different reality where some of us are remembering and not uh-huh. others. I think the timelines are mixing and some of us are from one and there's other versions of ourselves that have crossed over. And we don't know it because the two timelines are almost identical in every respect except for minor details. And I think that's what's accounting for the Mandela effect.
0: Because even just using, like, something as controversial as, as the Holocaust number, you know, some people are, are swearing that 6 million. Some people say there's no way it could have been 6 million. There were only 15 million Jews in the entire world at that point. And, you know, the next year there were 13 million. There, there's no way that number. But then there are others who believe it completely. So maybe you are, again, maybe those are just two different realities, two different numbers that have kind of mixed each other. I they don't know. They
1: could be, or... That we're we're not sure. We we do know, so many people died, but yes. we don't know the exact number, and so there's room for argument over what the number is. Right,
0: yeah. right. Kind of throw a number around. It was a horrible event. Period. But throw a number. Thank you so much, Rob. I appreciate right. that. Uh, I appreciate you coming on with me today, and and talking about this. And like I said, I would hope um I hope I'm real, and I hope that the well, yeah I would be interested to to turn off the quantum computers for a bit and see what happens. See if we start going...
1: Yeah, actually, I'm not really. You've been talking to yourself. I've been
0: talking to... Well, hey, from from what you're telling me tonight, that this is a simulation and I'm um, I'm actually the figment of somebody else's imagination, then, then yeah, I have been, right? You're baking my <laughs> exactly. noodle.
1: You have to have a sense of humor about this, or otherwise you could probably go crazy.
0: Oh, I'll be up tonight. I'll be honest. I'll be up thinking about it most of the night. But that's a good conversation. Well,
1: thank you so much for having me on your show. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, You have a good night. You too. Thanks. So that was Rob Shelsky. Once again, uh, we started off talking Mandela effect. We ended veering quite a bit into a lot of different uh, avenues there. Essentially, his his idea of the Mandela effect is not social engineering, which was kind of where I was thinking maybe he was going to go with it. His thought is more just the essence of reality and the essence of um, what is real, what is not real or can more than one thing be real at the same time and are we somehow distorting that line between our reality and another reality and those things are mixing and then we're remembering things differently because they actually happen somewhere else I don't know I mean that's a difficult, this is probably one of the more difficult conversations for me to wrap your brain around it's it's something that shakes most people to the core you know to, to think that maybe you are a, a computer simulation or someone else's fever dream or uh, you know that there are infinite number of you leading different lives an infinite number of lives you know what do you think you know do you have any thoughts on the Mandela effect I mean I didn't remember it until recently again my daughter Lauren brought it up to me oh that's the Mandela effect I'd never heard the term before. I didn't realize that it was something that had kind of happened 2010. And I obviously didn't know that that was right around the same time that we started messing with our quantum realities. So I, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I have more questions now than I have when we started, and I had a lot of questions when we started. What do you think? Uh, you can contact the Prove Me Wrong podcast either on our email address. It is cast at gmail.com. You can also message us on Facebook, Instagram, That's just Prove Me Wrong. We have an Instagram page and a Facebook page. If you're just looking for content on the podcast itself, uh, you can find us on the Apple podcast app, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere you find podcasts, you can find Prove Me Wrong. If you happen to be watching on YouTube right now, you can like and subscribe to the YouTube page as well, and you will be notified when new podcasts content like this one comes out and we can bake your noodle as well. I mean, Have you sitting up at night wondering what the hell just happened? Good conversation. I really enjoy having people who just have a really wide thought pattern and, uh, you know, a lot of knowledge in that guy. He's obviously done a lot of research. So again, what are your thoughts? You can feel free to contact us at any point and we will, you know, try to get back to you talk about it. Or if you have any suggestions for anybody else you'd like to hear on the, the show, I can bring them on as well. Just let us know. And before we go, I want to say that this episode of the Prove Me Wrong podcast is brought to you today by ZendoZone Citronella Burners from JT Eaton. They are shaped like fearless little tiki gods. And so let Surf and Stan, Hawaiian Howie, and Luau Lily bring the islands to your backyard with Zone Citronella Burners. ZendoZone uses 3% citronella candles and incense cones, perfect for patios, decks, backyards, campsites, alternate realities, and more. You can enjoy the outdoors again. Uh, you can enjoy you know, the, the future and the past again. Oh, I don't know. They're available currently on Amazon and at Ace Hardware, so collect them all today. So for Rob Shelsky, he was our guest today talking about the myriad of potential realities that you have. That should make you feel good. Maybe your, your day isn't so great in this reality, you might be a king in a different reality. You can bring it, you can take your brain anywhere you want to on that. You probably could be right. I mean, if, if the math works out, you're right. So for Rob Shelsky, I'm Pete Lieb, and we'll talk to you again.